Our reading today is from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Word of God, word of life. You may be seated. Working as a hospital chaplain, I began to realize that the only thing I could be certain about each day was that I had absolutely no idea what I would encounter. It seemed like all the joys and the suffering and the grief of the entire world took up space in those hundreds of rooms. And when I was standing on the threshold of the next patient's door and knocking, it felt a bit like rolling the dice. Who would be inside? What needs would I encounter? Would I be qualified to understand what was needed? Would I be able to provide even a small amount of comfort during each visit? I often wished I had like a five-point plan or a checklist or something to help me know what to do and where I was going as I offered spiritual care, one room, one patient at a, at a time, but this security didn't exist. We all want to know where we're going. I had breakfast yesterday morning with a dear friend whose husband... Um, is my age and has been diagnosed with cancer and dementia. Where are we going to go from here, she asked. The ground is literally shifting under her feet. She would like a master plan to guide her, maybe a PowerPoint presentation with options and timelines and probabilities. Who can blame her? 
So many of us gathered here today have lived with this kind of uncertainty in the past or are living through it now in one way, shape, or form. And so we can empathize with these disciples in our gospel this morning who sense they're speaking with Jesus, it's the Last Supper, they can sense that the ground is shifting under their feet. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time when he will no longer be with them. He's leaving soon, and like any anxious loved ones, the disciples demand that he be more concrete with his plans, more tangible about what is going to happen next. Peter wants specific coordinates. Lord, where are you going? Thomas wants a GPS system. Lord, how will we know the way? Philip wants to see some kind of documentation that the Father exists when Jesus is standing right in front of him. And so it's easy, it's interesting, uh, rather, to me that Jesus, Jesus doesn't provide them with any of the certainty that they demand. Nor does he bargain with them or tell them exactly what they need to do to be forgiven. They don't, he doesn't tell them what they need to do to be blessed in this life. He doesn't tell them what they need to do to make it to the eternal place where he's going. He doesn't give them any guarantees that things won't be hard. So here's where we all produce a collective sigh of frustration. It would be so much easier if we had the rules and the markers and a clear pathway for securing our own protection and perhaps our own luxury suite in heaven. Please, God, if you're listening to me, I would love an ensuite bathroom someday. All joking aside, this is how Jesus responds to his disciples. He responds simply with himself. With himself. With an offer of comfort and a promise that after he has left, he will be in relationship with them forever. They didn't catch on right away, of course, but the disciples needed to hear this promise before all that would happen. And many decades after Jesus was gone, early Christian communities who were being persecuted for their faith needed to hear this promise as it was written by the author of the Gospel of John. And now, almost 2,000 years after Jesus has been gone, we need to hear this promise again and again. And here it is. When the ground shifts under our feet, and it will, we are never alone. We all have a place with God. Forgiveness, mercy, peace, abundant life, and relationship with the divine are ours, now and forever. Jesus lives on and on and on now through us, embodied now in our heartbeats and our presence 
and our work through the gift of the Spirit. We have a place with God. In the words of writer James Finley, this is a place where love loves through and through and through and through. Through laughter and through tears. It's the kind of love that protects us from nothing, but sustains us in all things, grounds us to face all things. So back to my story about the hospital. Over time, I began to find my own calm there, knocking on door after door, meeting patient after patient, And ironically, I began to find my calm in the certainty that nothing was certain, that almost everything was out of my control. I began to find peace in all those tough questions I was asked about God by patients, knowing that I could never respond fully or definitively to a mystery And that there was just holy beauty in the exchange every time. And I began to trust in the tangible presence of Christ in and through bodies who were caring for patients and in and through bodies who were receiving care. It was like a consolidated heartbeat of love in the hospital, pointing towards the way and the truth and the life. All this leads me to wonder where you are this morning, Mount Olivet. Do you need a word of comfort from Jesus this morning? Where are you feeling and trusting in the heartbeat of Jesus in these days? And how can you share your heartbeat, your peace, your embodiment of the promise we just read about to make room for another? Thanks be to God, the God whose own heartbeat we recognize through our relationship with Jesus. And thanks be to God for this gospel, because this gospel is for our time, too. Thanks be to God for our collective story of faith that continues to live and breathe fresh promise and peace into this weary world. Amen.